Welcome everybody to the podcast that is called Combo Sports Talk. This is the sixth episode of Combo Sports Talk. This show, Combo Sports Talk, is co-hosted by Sean Davidson and Dustin Tran. The guy that is speaking right now is Dustin Tran. Before you do anything else though, please subscribe to this YouTube channel called Combo Sports Talk. That would be greatly appreciated. There will also be the podcast version of Combo Sports Talk that will be released via Anchor. Anchor distributes the Combo Sports Talk podcast into many podcast apps, particularly Apple and Spotify. Remember to follow our Instagram. It is called at combo.sports.talk. Our Twitter has still not been set up yet, but be patient, guys. We are working on that. It will be created very soon. Hopefully, we'll get it created by the end of this week or whenever the next episode will be. We are working on that. Those pages will show quotes, rankings, previews, short clips, maybe even recaps of what happened in our episodes. The show Combo Sports Talk, it focuses on debate, discussion, and comedy topics, and as well as opinions that are based around football and basketball mostly. You guys did an awesome job supporting us, so continue to go ahead and do that. I saw a lot of comments on our Instagram. These guys are paying attention, and we're seeing what happens, but that means we're building a loyal fan base. Thank you. So, like I said, you guys did a great job supporting us. So, continue to go ahead and do that. It will help the show, the podcast, the socials grow even more. Sean, NBA draft coming up. You hyped up for that? Because that will be the main focus of Combo Sports Talk today. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow, we haven't gotten to cover it much. I, I was on vacation a little bit. Got sidetracked from the show. Now I'm back, and I'm super hyped to talk about the NBA draft. One of my favorite things of the year for the NBA. And... Like you said, they're doing a great job supporting the socials. I mean, I love, I've been loving interacting with y'all and talking to y'all and hearing your takes and opinions and stuff. And it seems like y'all like the best player in the league debates. Might give you guys that soon. Yeah, for sure. We got to give the fans what we, what they want because they seem to love the list. Every time we do a list, and I've seen this online, Instagrams, not just mine and yours. Every time somebody comes up with the list, it is always debated about. It's always something starring up. So, yeah, for sure, man. I'm definitely hyped. I mean, look, here, guys. The topics that will be discussed today will be about the Steven Adams trade. And then we're going to be talking about the Aaron Rodgers situation. He's going to come back to the Packers. And then we're going to have our most hyped up topic of the day, in my opinion. The NBA mock draft. It will be lottery only. No trades, though. And then we got the... We, we got the Oklahoma-Texas situation going on. We'll also be talking about that as well. And then we got the Bradley Beal situation going on as well. And when I say these topics, they are not in any particular order. I'm just stating what is. All right, so those are just some of the topics that are, we are going to be talking about. So we have a lot to get to today. Oh, by the way, we're also going to – how could I possibly forget about this? We're going to be talking about favorite players in the 2021 NBA draft. Yes, that was something I purposefully forgot about. Yeah, so that's going to be certainly hype. So we're going to have a lot of time devoted to the NBA draft. That's what I'm trying to say. So remember, be sure to catch us on all the topics that are being talked about. So now this means that we are officially ready to get Combo Sports Talk started up. All right, so this is episode six. We are ready to start it. All right, so what is the opening topic going to be about? It will be about the Steven Adams trade. All right, so the NBA world was shaken up with an NBA trade. No, it was not an NBA star that got traded. Instead, the trade involved the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. That obviously has to be the opening topic of episode six. Anyways, though, according to Adrian Warnjanowski, the Grizzlies received Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, the 10th overall pick, the 40th overall pick. It came from the Bulls originally, then went to the Pelicans. Now it's on the Grizzlies. And a 2022 top 10 protected LA Lakers first round pick. While the Pelicans received Jones Valachunas, 17th overall pick, and the 51st overall pick originally came from the Trailblazers, then went to to the Grizzlies, now went to the Pelicans. Before I say anything else, though, I have to go ahead and present you guys with a topic question. Who won the Steven Adams trade, Grizzlies or Pelicans? All right, I'll start us off. It was a really good trade for both sides. Both sides got... Um, a lot of talent, and I think it helps both teams. I do think the Pelicans won just a little bit more. I think that they cleared over $20 million in cap. They have room to sign someone like Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry, uh, Mike Conley, bring, bring back Alonso, which we both think is key for this team. They also clear up the paint. 
that's so important. And instead they get someone who shot about 37% from three last year in Jonas Valanciunas. And I sent you the statistic I saw. Uh, it was about 24% of Zion's shots were clogged up and contested in the paint. And Giannis, his was only at like 10%. So you see what happens when you get a clear path and clear lane. And this will help out Zion extremely. And, you know, they also get the 17th pick. They have to give up the 10, but, you know, you got to sacrifice it. But I love it for the Grizzlies. Uh, they get a big anchor in Stephen Adams. They have a guy who's going to set jaw amazing screens, roll great. And I think it was great for them. They also get the 10th pick. And, you know, they also probably get the Lakers first round pick next year as well. So I'm really excited about this for both sides. I think it, both GMs did the right thing. Are you kidding me, man? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a great trade. But I think Memphis won this deal. I th- you know, at first I thought it was more of a split. Then I think about some more. And I think that the Grizzlies, they kind of won this trade rather easily. And let me tell you why. All right, Steven Adams, you know, the Grizzlies, they need rim protection. They get rim protection. All right, they won't get ja amazing screens. All right, and I know Val Tunis was pretty good. But Steven Adams fits this team better. And plus, this team is already elite in terms of the wing positions as well. The Really, their biggest need was a center. They got a rim-protecting center. That's really good. You know what's also good? They get a top 10 pick as well. You know, they can add on to a core that's already, you know, made the NBA playoffs already. They, this is an underrated young core. And also, they get Eric Bledsoe. I think people are sleeping on Bledsoe a little bit. I know Bledsoe, he, he struggled last season. But now he's going to go to the Grizzlies. It's a low-pressure situation. And also remember this. You know who's the Grizzlies head coach? Taylor Jenkins. Taylor Jenkins was the Bucks' assistant head coach when uh, Eric Bledsoe had his career years in Milwaukee. So I'm I'm pretty convinced that he's going to get some production off of Eric Bledsoe that nobody's really expecting. And they're also going to get a first-round pick from the Lakers, unless the Lakers are bombed this year. So, and I don't think that the Lakers are going to be winning a title anytime soon with their current roster construction unless they get a third star. So, I like the fact that they're adding these picks into their stockpiles. As for the Pelicans, yeah, they get Valachunas, good player, but is it really worth moving down seven spots to get Valachunas? It's not really worth it, in my opinion. So, I mean... I mean, how will his fit with Zion Williamson be? Yes, it will be better than with Steven Adams, but it's not also a great fit either. I mean, I tend to disagree with you a little bit. I mean, he's it wasn't a high volume he shot, but he shot pretty high percentage, 37%. You look for 40%, which is like the good mark. But if you're talking about a center who at least can make it respectable, he's there. You also have room to bring back Lonzo now, maybe a Kyle Lowry, something like that. And also, you look at the shooting guard position, and now it's open. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he had about 12 starts last year. In those starts, he averaged 19 points per game and over 40% from three. So that man can come into his own. Kyra Lewis, their uh, lottery pick last year, he's going to get now some more um, playing time and ability to grow. And I mean, Stephen Adams, it, he was probably about the worst fit you could have on this team, honestly. And I know you like the fit on the other side with Jaw and stuff. Uh, Jonas is a better player than Stephen Adams. And, you know, Bledsoe, I, I didn't even mention him. You're right. He, I think he will make a big impact. But my main thing here was get Zion spacing. And that's exactly what they did. You can't, because if you watch Pelicans games last year, every shot he was taking was double team. So hopefully that helps it out a little bit. Yeah, but you space out Valanciunas alone at three-point line. You're also taking away his ability to rebound as well. Now, granted, Zion Williamson can help you out with that. But I'm just saying, when I'm thinking about the perspective of team building, and when I look at the perspective of the timelines of where both of these teams are, I think it makes a ton of sense. For the Grizzlies and for the Pelicans, not so much. You know, they could have spent, I don't mind them moving the lottery pick. I just wish that they used the lottery pick on somebody else. Like they would trade for like another player, you know, somebody like a Bradley Beal or somebody like a Dame Lillard, and they could package that with future first round picks. You know, if you do this kind of trade now, it's not going to eliminate them from the possibility of getting Dame or Bradley Beal via trade, but 
it's just going to make it harder on themselves. And honestly, I don't know how much of a difference Valachunas is going to make. Is he going to improve the Pelicans 10, 15, 20 games better? No, I don't think that he can do that. I think that he can improve the team, but he's not going to be such a needle mover that the Pelicans are going to be moving from 11th in the West to somewhere like a top six in the West. Well, don't forget, there's the playing tournament now, and also there is uh, this team is young. They're progressing. They're only getting better. This is a super young team, like I said, who's only getting better. So they're going to progress, and they're just adding someone better for them. And I know you like this for the Grizzlies a lot. I and for, you're acting like this is a blowout trade though, and but the, it's a close trade for me. I mean, the Grizzlies get a great fits, and they're, I mean, they're in great position in this trade. I just like it a little more for the Pelicans because they clear a lot of cap space. They can now sign someone, and you know, I know you brought up trading for Dame or something. I don't really think that was plausible for. The Pelicans, I don't think they really had the firepower to do that. So with what they got, Jonas Valanciunas, I think you're severely, severely underrating how good of a player this man is. Yeah, I'm not saying that Valanciunas is a bad player. In fact, I think that he's actually an underrated center. But I just don't think that Valanciunas can make such a difference to the Pelicans that they're just going to vault. And they, in my opinion, they need to move up to the Western Conference standings sooner rather than later because this is what happens when you have a superstar player. When you have a superstar player, your timelines for your rebuild has got to speed up. Look at the Dallas Mavericks with Luka Doncic. If they make one wrong move with Doncic, Doncic will probably leave the Mavericks. Same thing with Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. They've already screwed up twice with their head coaches. You know, this is their third coach in three years is what I'm trying to say here. So every move matters. And with, Zion, with a guy like Zion Williamson, you have got to take some big risk. You know, Valachunas, solid player. It's not something that they're taking a major risk with. And I just don't see what's the major upside. Are they going to become consistent, a consistent team that can get out of the first round with ease if they get Valachunas? I mean, I shared this out earlier comparing Giannis to Zion and how open paint shots they had. Now, Giannis isn't no Brook Lopez, but if you can have a, a your star player, I mean, this team just, the Bucks just won the finals. The Pelicans are going to use that blueprint and follow it. And if they can get more spacing, perfectly fine. Did, did the Bucks have a player like Steven Adams on the team? No, because they surrounded him with shooters. They need to surround Zion with shooters. And, you know, and then you have a freak of, basketball and Giannis and Zion and this is just I mean I think it's just awesome for the Pelicans I think but I do still say both GMs made the right decision I don't think either side should be unhappy with what they got at all I mean I guess that's what you're trying I'm trying to say when you look at it from a great perspective I think the Grizzlies should get an A for this trade or an A minus so I'm trying to say that the Pelicans they got like a B minus C plus on the trade it's not necessarily a bad trade for the Pelicans I just don't think they maximize the value the way that they could have. And remember, Valanciunas, you know, he's an expiring contract. He's got, I believe he's got one year left on his deal. If he does well, they're going to have to resign. They're going to have to resign for a lot of money. And if they don't, then that means that they just burnt up a lottery pick, essentially, for a guy that was a one-year rental. So I just see too much, a little too much downside for me to be doing this. I kind of, I wish that Pelicans got a little bit more and that they didn't have to give up one of the first-round picks. I just feel like two first-round picks giving up is kind of overkill. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying, but really the Lakers pick probably won't be too much. And, you know, they gave up Bledsoe, who wasn't a good fit, gave up Adams, who wasn't a good fit, and they got their new coach in. He's going to, you know, he's he's going to run his offense the way he wants. He clearly didn't see these guys fitting in the offense. And maybe there's a guy they like at 17 more than 10, and they think they can get the same value out of him. Maybe that's what they see as well. You never know. I don't think they just move back from 10 to 17 like that without having some sort of plan. But, um, yeah, I mean, if I had to give grades, grades for this, it'd be A Pelicans, A minus Grizzlies. Like, it's right there. Like, it's super close. But to give them a B minus or C plus, I don't really see where you're coming from. Yeah, well, I, I think we can just agree to disagree. I think for me, it's just more of 
you just gotta use your assets a little bit better. Well, I think you are like, all right, well, the the spacing is good and stuff like that. We'll just accept that instead of rather try to pair it with another star or something like that. Well, I just love the Grizzlies fit, and you did. So I'm just trying to point that out. But, hey, at least the Pelicans cleared That's true. But, hey, at least they cleared up cap space. So that's good, too. They get a third all-star with all that cap space to just clear it up. Hey, if they get an all-star out of all of this, I'm going to say this is a decent trade for the for the Pelicans. But I'm just saying as of right now as we're speaking. But we're just assuming a lot of things are going to happen. We'll, we'll revisit this later in the offseason. Uh, you ready to move on to the next topic? Yep, certainly. All right, let's move it on. All right, so this next topic, we haven't talked a lot about this. But we're going to be moving on to the NFL. We're going to be talking about Aaron freaking Rodgers. All right, so we're going to be talking about how Aaron Rodgers returned to the Packers, and we're going to be sharing our reactions to that. Now, look, Sean and I, we re- both reacted on what would happen to Aaron Rodgers in our first ever episode. Sean said that he would not play a down for the Packers, while said that he would not come back for the Packers in 2021. According to Ian Rappaport, he tweeted on Monday that, quote, Packers QB Aaron Rodgers has indicated to people close to him that he does plan to play for Green Bay this season, sources say. That is the expectation. Many factors at play, but with GM Brian Gutenkers saying that he is quote-unquote hopeful for a positive outcome, there is a glimmer of optimism. Well, Aaron Rodgers came to training camp and is now back to normal for the Packers. Before I say anything else, though, this leads me to ask this topic question. What is your reaction to Aaron Rodgers playing for the Packers in 2021? I mean, it's awesome. I mean, I'll have to admit it. I was wrong. I didn't think he'd play another down for the Packers. Uh, it just looked like the way it was going. He was, you know, people were preparing for him to retire, it looked like, or, you know, he wouldn't even talk about the media. He seemed super upset. And now, you know, things seem to be a lot better. Devontae Adams, this is crucial. He seems to be happier now. And they also just traded for Aaron Rodgers' boy, Randall Cobb, which is, you know, you kind of saw it come in, but it's, big just in keeping him happy I think they're kind of knowing what they have now and trying to respect Aaron Rodgers more which I am happy they're doing um but I mean just him playing for the Packers again they automatically are uh contenders for the Super Bowl now you know it went from maybe they don't make playoffs now contenders for the Super Bowl this is huge well here's what I gotta say I know everybody's surprised and everything like that, but honestly, I'm not even one bit surprised this happened. Honestly, I expected this to happen. I expected Aaron Rodgers to return. I know that all the reports were saying, oh, he was going to trade. Oh, he was going to retire. Oh, he's never playing another down. I always thought and always felt like Aaron Rodgers was going to return to the Packers. Why? Because in the end, when you look at the history of the NFL, when you look at NFL teams, they always hold the cards, always hold the power over Aaron Rodgers. And, and other players. That's what I'm trying to say. If they were going to get nothing from Aaron Rodgers, so be it. And I knew Aaron Rodgers wasn't retiring. You don't just walk away after an MVP season. That's too hard to do mentally. Do you know how hard it is to walk away from the game anyways? But then it's so hard. Like, after you won an MVP, it's like leaving on a cliffhanger. And I remember Aaron Rodgers talking about the last dance, and people were, were, were interpreting that as he was mocking their general manager. I interpreted that as, you know what, 2021 is going to be Aaron Rodgers' final season. No matter if he wins the Super Bowl or not, then he'll get traded after the 2021 season. Well, right now, it looks like I got one part of that prediction right. So I'm not really surprised that any of this is happening. Yeah, and it looks like they're restructuring his deal, so it's going to be one year left on it. And, you know, you get the Devontae Adams extension. That's crucial. He's maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL, maybe. And then you got, you know, that. It's just going to be a lot happier of the locker room now and a lot less drama filled. He's at camp. He's showing up. And, you know, it seemed like it's, you know, patching up a little bit for the Packers. Yeah, this is this is good because now everything looked like it was in shambles for the Packers. I didn't necessarily buy into that, but it looked like that for a lot of people. Now everything looks just fine yet again. And this also helps out Devontae Adams. You kill, what's the saying? You kill two birds with one stone? Yeah, that's about what it basically is. And I got to correct you on something. You said there was one year left on Aaron Rodgers' deal. It's actually two years left. Well, now Now he can well, avoid. They are, re, they are restructuring it, I think, to yeah, where two, it's only one, right? I think it's like two years, but it's like one, and then they like don't lose anything. Like if they lo- lose Aaron oh. Rodgers, it'll be kind of like 
a player option is what I'm trying to say. I know that's not really a thing in the NFL, but it's about as close to a player option as you can get. So in other words, if Aaron Rodgers wants to stay, they'll let him stay. If not, then he is basically free to request a trade. So it's a win-win. Yeah, I mean, the Packers get a chance at a last title run. They also get another year of Aaron Rodgers teaching Jordan Love. And, you know, just, I mean, learning from Aaron Rodgers, one of the all-time great quarterbacks, that's got to be awesome. I mean, and he's probably soaking up so much. And I hope we get to see him in preseason this year. It, it hurts because a lot of quarterbacks I liked in the draft last year, sleepers, never even got to get a snap in because there was no preseason. This year, I'm excited to see where Jordan Love is at. And then it's his turn. He's next man up. Hopefully by then he'll have Devontae Adams, you know, all in there and he'll have that target and maybe Amari Rodgers or something. I think they do need to either target another wide receiver, draft one. They've been avoiding that. They just need to go ahead and do it. All right. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from with that. And yeah, I'm honestly, I think Jordan Love has mixed feelings about this. On one hand, he's probably disappointed he's not going to play. But on the other hand, he knows that, hey, we're going to have one more run at this title thing with Aaron Rodgers. And then I'll be all set and ready to go. I think people are sleeping on Jordan Love. Jordan Love is an underrated player. Everybody keeps saying, oh, my God, Jordan Love was not going to be in the first round. That's not a true narrative at all. In fact, when we were looking at the mock drafts, and you can vouch for me on this, there were people saying Jordan Love was better than Justin Herbert. And I also heard this about the Aaron Rodgers report as well. I heard about this yesterday. I heard that the Packers tried to execute a trade to like pick six so they could pick Justin Herbert and they could send Aaron Rodgers to the Chargers. So they were already thinking about getting a successful because you know why? The Packers were probably having the same thought process of what we were thinking. Herbert and Love were the way to go. Yeah, no, I mean, my two, I mean, I liked uh, Burrow a lot, but Herbert was my quarterback one and Love was my quarterback three, I believe. Or, and I still, I mean, Jordan Love, I think he's going to be a great NFL quarterback. I think big arm, he has all the tools. And I think when you have a guy in front of you like Aaron Rodgers, you have the mental, you, you know, you pick up the mental stuff and you start learning a lot. So, you know, this narrative, like you said, I don't like that they're saying, oh, they don't like Jordan Love. He's not ready. Like, I just want to see him on the field. I think he can be a really great NFL quarterback. But, yeah, back to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's, I mean, the closest thing is to say is that's huge for them. I mean, now they get a chance at a championship, and I want to ask you where you have them kind of standing right now among that race. I got the Packers as the second-best team in the NFC. I don't even think it's really close between them and any other team. Even if you put in Jordan Love, I still think that they're a top-three team in the NFC. This is a good Packers team. Everybody is saying this Packers team is not good. The only problem with the Packers is that they don't have an established number two receiver. That's really, they just have a really good number one receiver, the best. And then they just have a bunch of number threes. That's the problem with the Packers. Other than that, though, they don't really have a ton of weaknesses. And also, I want to address this. Everybody says that Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love had a relationship problem. I don't think so. I think that Aaron Rodgers is trying to do Jordan Love solid because he knows that Guys that are not start, not campaigned as starters have a hard time developing today's league because you're barely going to get any practice reps as the second string guy, let alone the number three kind of quarterback. That's why you've seen a lot of guys who star in college, they start right away because they have to do it that way because you can't develop these guys in practice no more, man. So Aaron Rodgers, he was trying to do Jordan Love solid because he knows that, hey, I don't have to practice because I'm already an MVP winner. Even if I drop off a little bit, guess what? I'm still going to be a top five top 10 kind of QB, give the reps to, uh, to a guy that really needs those kind of reps. And he was trying to do Jordan Love a solid. That's what he ultimately did. And he's been in Jordan Love's shoes before. He's not going to feel angered at Jordan Love or anything like that. No, I mean, he really has no reason to. Jordan Love is the next man up in the place that Aaron Rodgers has called his home for his whole career. And so I think, yeah, I think he's not going to hate on Jordan Love for that. Uh, as for where I have him, I have him second in the NFC behind the Buccaneers. But, I mean, yeah, it's close. I mean, the Buccaneers just bring back pretty much everyone, which is crazy to me. But the Packers, they have a chance to run for the Super Bowl again. Oh, yeah, for sure. With them, now they are Super Bowl contenders. And I also want to note one final thing before we move on to our most hyped-up topic. Aaron Rodgers cannot be franchised again for the Packers. So, if he wants out, hey, now we're going to – grant him his way but 
I never thought that he was going to get traded because how do the Packers benefit from that? They don't benefit from it now. They benefit from that next year where the dead cap is less. So you also got to consider that as well. Yeah, man. Uh, they they kind of left the open window for him to get out and them to trade him. And, you know, I think it works out for both sides. I think both sides really benefit from this. I think it's like even what we last talked about in Stephen Adams trade. I think both sides in this got a good deal out of it. Yes, everybody got the compromises, which is good. All right, let's move on now to the next topic. This is going to be quite a long topic, what we're going to be doing. We're going to be talking about the 2021 NBA mock draft. All right, so we have a lot to talk about. So, look, this mock draft will only consist of lottery picks. If we did the whole draft, we're going to be here all day, all night. But, yeah, like I said, it will only consist of lottery picks. So, it will go from picks 1 through 14. We will state the player's name, position, and where he last played out, like what college he came from or if he came from the G League or another country. I will get the odd numbers. Sean will get the even numbers. Each pick will be explained for around a little over a minute. So let's try to explain for around a minute, something like that. We will both tell our opinions about the prospects that are going to be talked about. Let's get this list started up, though. I'll actually go first, which is the first time ever on Combo Sports Talk. Typically, Sean, you know, he gets to go first on a topic. But this time, I will, due to the fact that I'm doing odds while he is doing evens. So let's get this mock draft started up. All right, so we're doing no trades in this. All right, so first up, the Detroit Pistons. They are on the clock, and they will select Kate Cunningham, point guard, Oklahoma State. Why? Because he is a Luka Doncic type of player. He is a player that can carry a franchise on his back. He will be a multiple-time all-star player, and he is extremely he, – he just has a lot of good skill about him, and he can play four different positions. I also think about Jason Tatum when I think about Kate Cunningham. He can do a lot of things well, and he just has the drive to be great. Really, only one concern about him is that he might not be an all-time great, but at that point, we're just being nitpicky. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last episode. If you want to hear a complete full breakdown on Cade Cunningham, go listen to the last episode. But, yeah, I mean, it's the right pick. This man can play four positions. Ideally, he's a combo guard for you. And, you know, if he can turn out to be a Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, you just took a great player at the number one spot, and I'd be fine with that for them. So, yeah, love the pick. And we'll move on to number two. I have the Houston Rockets taking Jalen Green, shooting guard out of the G League. Uh, you know, this man is a scorer. He's going to put the ball in the basket, and he's very ball dominant. He's got a lot of tools. He's athletic. And, you know, I think the Rockets are getting, you know, another James Harden-esque type player, but, you know, has to have the ball in his hands, you know, lacking on the defense a little bit, could pick it up, has the tools to pick it up. But, you know, I just, I mean, I'm excited for I mean, this seems kind of like a done deal, especially with Evan Mobley saying he didn't really want to go to the Rockets. I think Jalen Green's going to go to the Rockets. And, you know, I like what they have here uh, in Jalen Green. Yeah, I agree with you about that. And I actually like Jalen Green a lot. He reminds me a little bit of Kobe Bryant. But that's just your two cents about that, my two cents. All right, let's move on to the third overall pick. Cleveland Cavaliers, they're on the clock. They're going to select Evan Mobley. He's a power forward slash center from USC. Why? Because this guy's Nikola Jokic, like underrated passer, can dribble the floor, can facilitate the offense, and he can just do everything you can about, about ask him offensively. He can shoot the three, he can drive to the rim, he can dominate in the basket, he can get his rebounds. And when I also think about him, I also think about a Chris Bosch. I think this guy will be an excellent small ball center, and I think that this guy will be a do-everything big man, and he is a franchise caliber kind of player. Evan Mobley, he's going to be a guy that will make a lot of teams proud over the years and he's going to help out the Cavaliers he's going to help unlock Colin Sexton's potential and take his game to the next level because I'm really liking Colin Sexton and I think that he is due for an even bigger breakout season Cavaliers might be a team to sweep on next year yeah I mean we see uh you see Jared Allen there you see Kevin Love don't worry about that take the best player available to both of us that is Evan Mobley do it all guy he can do everything on the floor he can be a point guard if you need him to. Like, he's that good. So I'd be super excited. Looks like that's probably going to happen too, unless there's a surprise. But I'll go ahead and take us to number four. I have the Toronto Raptors taking Jalen Suggs, the point guard out of Gonzaga. And, I mean, this is 
I think it's a great pick for the Raptors, especially with them maybe losing Kyle Lowry in free agency. Jalen Sugg steps in there and he gives you star potential right away. And guess what? He doesn't have to have the ball in his hands to be awesome. I mean, at Gonzaga, he didn't always have the ball in his hand. He was surrounded by amazing talent all the time. So he knows how to, you know, be an off-ball player, which is exactly what you want. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Jalen Suggs, good combo guard. He's versatile, can shoot lights out, basketball court, and also play off-ball. He offers a lot of things that others guards don't necessarily offer. All right, let's move on now to the fifth pick, the Orlando Magic on the clock. I'm going to surprise you with this pick a little bit. I'm going to go with Jonathan Kaminga, small forward, G League. Why? Good two-way player. You know, he's something that the Magic can impose the will on. The Magic, they need to draft high ceiling, high ceiling players, and they need to draft guys that have star potential. Jonathan Kaminga fits that. The Magic, they have a lot of players that are good role players, but they don't have a guy that can step up and be a future star for them. Jonathan Kaminga fits that type of role. So I have to go with him, no doubt about that. And yes, they do have Jonathan Isaac, but Isaac's been injury prone. And hey, even if Isaac heals up, and, you know, becomes fully healthy in the future, you know, they could become two two players that are good two-way players. And the Magic, they need some of that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Magic, they keep wanting these big athletic wing players, and I'm I'm here for it. Um, you know, I, I love the fit. I think Jonathan Kaminga has super high potential, but at the very least, you're getting a high-level defender and an athletic freak. And, you know, I, I'm super excited. You know, it's looking like the next guy that I'm going to take also has a lot of hype for pick five of the Magic, but I like what you did. But my guy I am taking with the number six pick to the OKC Thunder. I got Scotty Barnes, uh, forward out of Florida State. And, you know, I say forward, this man can play any position you want him to. He can be on, on the ball. He can be a five. He can be a, you know, he can be anything. Like, he's that good. He's super athletic. I love this kid's motor. He's been getting lots of hype, and it's all deserving. And he played kind of like the Patrick Williams role as the year before. So, you know, I'm I'm loving what Scotty Barnes could be for the Thunder. Uh, they just traded away Al Horford, picked up Kimba Walker. And, you know, you give Kimba Walker a guy like Scotty Barnes, and you also have Shea there. You know, I, I love the potential that the Thunder have here. Same here in the Thunder. They have a bright future, too. Don't forget about that. Oh, yeah. All right, let's go on to pick seven by Golden State Warriors via the Minnesota Timberwolves. All right, Tim, I got the Warriors picking James Knight, shooting guard UConn. Why? He can space the floor well. You know, he's going to help out with the spacing. He's going to be a good fit in the Warriors scheme. And also, he's also a win-now player. We need win-now players. You know, we, are, we have two lottery picks, yes, the Golden State Warriors, but... We are a team that has championship aspirations. We've just been missing Clay the last couple of seasons. Now he's going to be fully healthy. You add James Blue Knight to the team with Steph Curry, with Clay Thompson, with James Wiseman. That's going to be one heck of a team to try to stop. And that is a, that's going to be a nightmare because he can shoot the ball and he's NBA ready. So, you know, he's going to be able to make an instant impact right away. Yeah, I like that pick. I'm personally not super high on James Blue Knight, but... I see where you're coming from. He He's going to put the ball in the basket, and that's what the Warriors want to do, and he does help them win immediately uh, coming out as a sophomore, I believe. Next pick, number eight, Orlando Magic are back on the clock, and I have them selecting Davion Mitchell, uh, point guard, shooting guard out of Baylor. This guy, he just won the national championship, and he seemed like the top leader for them. Best defender in college basketball. Uh, shot about 45% from three last year. That's awesome. I mean, that's today's NBA, three and D. And if you can do that, um, I mean, that's awesome. He's only about six, two, six, one, something like that. I still see him being about a shooting guard because he's not going to lack defensively guarding a two. Uh, unless it's like a taller Paul George or something like that. He's not going to lack. Don't worry about it. Uh, I like him as a two in the next level. But yeah, I think what he could bring to the Magic, I know they have some guys, but they did trade away Evan Fournier. They have, you know, the Magic just needed, they got a new coach. They just need to take the best guys and build them up together. To me, that's Davion Mitchell. 
I, I was surprised by your pick. All right. But, hey, I, I see where you're coming from with that. But, all right. Let's move on. All right. Number nine on the clock. Sacramento Kings. All right. I'm going to butcher his name, but I'm going to try to say his name. Alfredin Sigun. He's a center from Beskas. I think he's from Turkey. That guy. That center. Uh, oh. Anyways. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure how to say his name. I'm sorry about that, guys. But... The reason why I say that is because the Sacramento Kings, they could be losing with Sean Holmes in free agency or something like that. So they need a center that can fit in with De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. And I just think that he fits in pretty good with them. And that, yes, he can he can score under the basket. He can provide them protection. He also provides them some versatility, which is what the Sacramento Kings ultimately need. Especially if you have a bad coach like Luke Walton, you need to be versatile. That way, you can adjust to his bad schemes. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. The Kings, you know, Rashawn Holmes, he's going to get paid. They're going to need to fill that. I like the pick. I just don't really know too much about that guy. You know, he's rose on the scene a lot recently. So, you know, I just don't know a ton about him. But, yeah, I mean, he with all this hype he's getting, I can see why you would go that way. Next up, number 10. Uh, this is a tough pick for me, but I think... I believe I want to go in the way of um, Franz Wagner, a small forward out of Michigan. You know, this guy is a, you know, he's, he's been a smart player for Michigan. He's led them a lot to being, you know, a pretty dominant team. And I like what he has for the Grizzlies. They'll probably lose Justice Winslow. They're not picking up his option. And, you know, I think he just goes in, plays small forward, that's great. And, you know, he he's not a guy that needs the ball. He can play off ball. He's a great glue guy for a team, but he can also shoot the ball a little bit. He can attack the basket. He can play some defense, you know, and he's more of an experienced player as well. So I like what the Grizzlies are getting right here in Franz Wagner. All right. All right. I like I like where you're going with that. All right. Let's move on now to number 11. My Hornets, my Charlotte Hornets. All right. We are on the clock. And we are going to select, and this is going to trigger a lot of Hornets fans. I, I think that the Hornets should select Moses Moody, shooting guard, Arkansas. And I know everybody's going to be like, why didn't we just get a big man? We need a big man. Well, I don't think you can pass up on Moses Moody. I think he's going to be a future all-star player. He is a sleeper in this draft. And he can shoot the lights out of the ball. He can provide you solid defense. He's going to replace either Malik Monk or Devontae Green. He can fit in seamlessly. You can sign and trade one of those two. You can also get a center back as well. With the way how today's NBA is, and yes, I know the Bucks, they won a title with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Centers are not a major must in, this, in the NBA when you talk about team building. You know what you need? You need shooters, and Moses Moody provides that. Moses Moody is a sleeper in this draft, and if we're doing a redraft three years from now, I think that Moses Moody is going to be a lot higher than pick 11. I think Moses Moody is the ultimate sleeper in this draft, and I'm just super hyped about his potential. I think that the Hornets have to go pick him. Yeah, I mean, Moses Moody, he's a six foot six shooting guard. Uh, he'll fit great next to LaMelo. I mean, it's, I mean, you have that super tall backcourt. Moses Moody, he's going to shoot the lights out of it. He can score, he can play some defense. And like you said, I think he's an ultimate sleeper in this draft. I love that pick. Sadji took him from me a little bit, but it's all good. Uh, next, I have the Spurs at number 12. I will have them picking. I'm going to go Keon Johnson, shooting guard out of Tennessee. Um, I think he provides a player who's going to score some more. They have really good point guards who know how to facilitate. They have some big men. But shooting guard, I think they need a little bit. Keon Johnson, I think he's going to come in, fit well, was really good as a freshman, super young, and he'll learn a little bit. Yeah, I, I see where you're going with that, definitely, for sure. Uh, I, I'm not necessarily on board with that pick, but if you want to go there, I'll, I wouldn't blame you. All right, let's move on now to pick 13. All right, Indiana Pacers on the clock. They're going to select Jaden Springer, point guard slash shooting guard, Tennessee. I like the fact that he can play multiple positions. I like the fact that he's NBA ready. I like the fact that he's Marcus Smart light. You know, he has tenacity on defense. Yes, he does have trouble facilitating. That is a concern, but I believe that Carlisle can help him develop in that area. Carlisle's He's a good coach. He's going to be able to help him out in that area. 
and he can he can space the floor. He can play defense. And he's just going to provide instant impact to the Pacers. And the Pacers are a team that is trying to go all in on making the playoffs and making some noise in the playoffs. And Jane Springer, he fits in that role well. And Carlisle's going to coach up his weaknesses. Yeah, man. Like the pick. Um, yeah, I think Jaden Springer's really good. We I got to see him a lot in high school, his sophomore year, back when you know he was our rival school in high school. Um, and we played him in the final four in the States. We beat him, but you know, you can see as a sophomore here, there's gonna be a star. Um my next pick, Warriors are on the clock. I I'm gonna pick Corey Kispert, small for Agonzaga. He didn't leave off on a great note in the national championship, but you get a veteran here, you get a smart player, and you get a guy who can shoot the basketball, fits in super good with them. Uh, and, you know, that's the 14th pick that concludes the lottery. And I'll let you talk about Corey Kispert. But there are a lot of guys on this list we met, you know, we weren't able to fit in the mock draft. And I think you'd agree with that. There's players we wanted to fit in, we just couldn't. And we'll talk about them more next topic, though. Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised that you said that pick, though. I was thinking you were going to say J- Jalen Johnson. You know, oh, I was a, I was so close, man. I, was I, th- I, close. I thought you were going to say him for sure, just because super you're a Duke cool. guy. Yeah, I, no, I'll talk. Don't worry, I'll talk about him next segment. All right, little all sneak right. peek. All right, well, that concludes our 2021 NBA mock draft. It was a little controversial, but I hope you guys will find our takes rather interesting. All right, let's move on now to talking about our favorite players in the 2021 NBA draft. All right, so like I said, the 2021 NBA draft seems to be stacked on paper. There are a lot of draft prospects to like. This class seems to have future star power, seems to have good depth in the NBA draft as well. That has caused some sleepers to possibly fall down lower than expected. Exactly what Sean just said. Superstars are expected to dominate the headlines for the NBA draft. With all that being said, this now leads me to ask this topic question. Who are your favorite players in the 2021 NBA draft? All right, well, it looks like you, uh, I think we did the same thing, five of our favorite players and we did five sleepers. Uh, we can rotate saying our favorite players and then we'll go to sleepers too. My first favorite player, um, he's also a sleeper, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna have him in a, my favorite player category. I got Moses Moody. We talked about him shooting guard out of Arkansas, six foot six shooting guard. And, you know, he can shoot the ball. It's not like he's a tall slasher. No, he's a tall shooter. Um, And, you know, he was awesome at Arkansas. I really like Arkansas as a program. And this man fits today's NBA, you know, long, shoot the ball, play defense. And I think this guy, he's going to rise. You know, you said to look back and redo the draft. He's going to be a pretty high pick. All right, but he's not my favorite player. I love Moses Moody, but he's not even in my top three for favorite players. Uh, my favorite player is actually Kay Cunningham. I, I just like watching him. Great player to watch, and he's a fun player to watch. So I, I like him a lot. Yeah, I mean, we talked about him a lot already, but Kay Cunningham, awesome player. He's super fun to watch. Uh, completely agree with that. My number two, well, we might have a little bit of overlap too, and that's fine, but – my number two is actually going to be Evan Mobley. Um, and we talked about him, uh, center out of USC, do-it-all guy, seven feet tall, today's big man. He can he can afford to put on a little weight, but also he's, you know, it's, I'm fine with that he's thin. He's a, a super good getting up and down the court, and I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, agreed. Evan Mobley is my number two. Love his skill set. Love the fact that he plays with Nikola Jokic. You don't know, Jokic is one of my favorite players in the NBA. Now, I'll, I'll probably come up with a list for my favorite players in the NBA at some point. But when I th- but when I think Evan Mobley, man, he just reminds me so much. He's either going to be an MVP winner or he'll be playing for a championship team somewhere down the road. Let's move on now to number three. My number three. Uh. He's actually a player who did not get picked in our mock draft, and I'm so upset he didn't because I wanted him to. I just couldn't find a spot for him. But my number three is Kai Jones, center out of Texas. This man is – he's a little bit like Evan Mobley. They're both kind of on the thinner side. Uh, Both have shooting potential, and they're just super athletic. I just think Evan Mobley's on a different level. But Kai Jones, I think he has the ability to mold into someone 
just an awesome player. I thought you were going to pick him with the Hornets pick, but I love that you picked Moody. But yeah, Kai Jones, I mean, I love this kid. I think he's going to be a great NBA player and he has all the tools to, you know, be that. And I'm going to go with Jalen Green. I enjoy watching Jalen Green play. You know, he just seems to have a lot of great potential. He can just shoot the basketball. I like guys who can just score the ball, really. And Jalen Green just provides that. And I think that he's going to get the Rockets back on the map sooner rather than later. So, going to go with Jalen Green here. And, yeah, Jalen Green, he's a scorer. He's fun to watch. But my number four, here he comes, Jalen Johnson, uh, forward out of Duke. Uh, forward, you know, slight because he could play small forward, power forward, wherever you need him. Uh, they came out with the measurements for the combine. He has the biggest hands in the entire draft. Uh, that's crazy to me. I didn't even know he had hands that are that big, but Kawhi Leonard, maybe. I don't think all that, but. That's what I was uh, thinking. Yeah, I mean, great defensively. Uh, he's, you know, slasher, can, you know, just super athletic, uh, really good. And, you know, he has shooting potential. I don't I don't think he'll be an awesome shooter at the next level, but I think he has, you know, if you need him to shoot it and knock it down, he can do that a little bit. Uh, my only concern for him is just, does he have, you know, the high motor? He didn't play a lot in high school, opted out of the season. But you know what? I like this man's potential, and uh, that's why he's my fourth favorite player. All right, and I'm going to go with Moses Moody, shooting guard, Arkansas, like I said. I've already touched up on this, but he can shoot the lights out, and he can just score the ball. He kind of reminds me, like I said, of Joe Johnson, but he's got that Jamal Crawford scoring ability as well. And I really like Moses Moody. I think he's going to be a future all-star player. If nothing else, he'll be at least a six-man. He'll be everything that Malik Monk was supposed to be for the Hornets. So I like Moses Moody a lot. And even if he didn't go to the Hornets, I will still like him a lot because I think he is a guy that's getting slept on. Oh, yeah, I'll follow Moses Moody wherever he goes. I love that, and I love the Joe Johnson comparison. My number five is going to be Desire Williams. Uh, he's a forwards wing out of uh, Stanford, and he didn't have great shooting percentages, stuff like that, at Stanford, but he has a smooth jumper. He has a lot of tools. He's really good on defense, and I think if, you know, a team can figure out like why he had shooting slumps and all that at Stanford. I think we'll be talking about this guy should, should have been a top eight pick in this draft. Um, so I love Zyra Williams. I love all that he can be. I just hope they figure it out for him. And my number five will be Jaden Springer. He's a point guard shooting guard from Tennessee. Again, I've already touched this up on him, but I like the fact that he, he brings in energy. He can shoot the three ball. He can provide defense. He's everything that you're looking for in a modern-day combo guard, except for the fact that he can't facilitate. But if he can if he can fix up his problems with being able to facilitate the offense, this guy will be looked at as, oh, my goodness, how did we let this guy slip past the top seven? This is ridiculous. Some teams should have picked on him. I love James Springer's potential. He can do a lot of things on the floor, and he just provides a lot. Yeah, I mean, he played last season with a hurt ankle. Like, that's crazy to me. A lot of what he does is about getting off the ground and getting to the basket and stuff. And right. you saw what he did with the healed ankle. He had one of the highest verticals in the combine. Yeah, this dude is a grinder. All right. And so we've listed our five favorite players. I just want to say this for the people that we have not gotten to. So I want us to run down quickly about our five honorable mentions that we have for players that we do like, but we didn't necessarily include them in the top five list. Yeah, I'll run down my five more lists just real quick. Greg Greg Brown, uh, power forward out of Texas, super athletic. I think he has all the potential, should not be a second-round pick. Believe me, should not be a second-round pick. Uh, second is Josh Giddy from shooting guard out of Australia. He's also can be a point guard. He's uh, super tall. I think he's like six foot six. Uh, six foot seven, something like that. He can be a point guard, though. He's a facilitator, and you know, it's a great place to start um, when you're going to the NBA. Number three, DJ Stewart, uh, point guard slash shooting guard out of Duke. Uh, he's a guy who just lit up the basket at Duke. He could put the ball in the basket. Another Duke guy, and I have one more Duke guy I have to mention, Matthew Hurt. 
Uh, he's a power forward slash center out of Duke. And this man, I don't know why he's not being talked about more. He's a stretch big in today's NBA. I don't see why why he's maybe being undrafted. This man is a steal. He's going to shoot the ball for whatever team needs him. And my last one is Charles Bassey, a center out of Western Kentucky. And this man is just a freak on the floor whenever you watch him. Anytime you watch a Western Kentucky basketball game, you see this guy. All right. And my five honorable mentions are going to be Kai Jones, center from Texas, Dayron Sharp, center from UNC, Zaire Williams, small forward from Stanford, Amar Celia, he's a power forward. He's he's from, uh, I think he's somewhere from Africa. Basically, he's an international guy. I just don't know how to say the name where he's from. And Ayo Dosumo, point guard, Illinois. Why do I say that? Because when I look at Kai Jones, I think about Jackson Hayes. You know, he's able to impose as well. So that's why I like Kai Jones. He's a modern-day big. I just like to watch him. Then I like Dayron Sharp. Not necessarily because I think that he's going to be a good player, but just because he brings back old memories. He reminds me of Al Jefferson. Al Jefferson was one of the first players that I watched in the NBA. So... It just brings me back memories. It also helps that we got the UNC connection. Dayron Sharp and I, so I'm a little biased about that. Then we got Zaire Williams. Like I said, I like him. He reminds me of Rashard Lewis. He can space the floor well. And if he can get the consistent, people are going to wonder why he was drafted so low. And then we're going to be – and then Amara, Celia, he's going to be a good rim protector. He's going to be able – he's got some facilitating ability. I'm actually going to say he reminds me a little bit of Serge Ibaka with this, with this rim protection. And then, like, the last one I want to run over, Ayo DeSumo, point guard, Illinois. I like the way that he can facilitate. I like the way that he can shoot the basketball. He reminds me of DeLone Wright. Yeah, I mean, I like – I have no problems with the guys you picked. And, you know, we could talk about the draft all day. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we do not have all day. But I know we're both excited for the draft tomorrow. Yes, definitely. We're going we're going to be hyped up for that. And I know you guys will be too because if you guys are hyped up to watch this, you guys would definitely be wa- hyped up to watch the draft. All right, let's move on now. Let's talk about Big 12. Let's talk about that conference. You know, we're going to be moving on to the NCAA. We got a lot going on. All right, so like I said, let's talk about Big 12 and what's exactly happening. What I'm trying to say is that Oklahoma and Texas have officially moved from the Big 12 conference to the SEC. Rapid changes coming in college football. In college basketball, the effects of the NCAA, as we all know or felt, there have already been ripple effects across the Big 12 Conference. Who knows what might happen to it? I mean, it is curious to say the least. With all that being said, this now leads me to ask this type of question. What will happen to the Big 12 Conference moving forward? Well, uh, a lot of people are saying a lot of group of five teams, you know, Houston, US, or not USC, UCF, uh, you know, those those teams, Memphis, Cincinnati, those teams are going to try and join the Big 12. I don't think that's going to happen. I think these teams are going to disperse. Unfortunately, some will have to go to, down to group of five even maybe, but I think they're going to disperse and it's going to be four power four conferences. And I'll just tell you right now where I think they're going to go. I think uh, Baylor, Texas Tech, and TCU, I think they're going to be uh, Pac-12 teams. I think and I'm Boise State might join that a little bit. I think Oklahoma and Texas are the only SEC teams. I think West Virginia is an ACC team. Uh, I think Iowa State uh, is going to be a um, and Kansas. I think they're going to be Big Ten teams. And Oklahoma State's the weird one for me. I don't really know in Kansas State. I don't really know where to put them, but they might have to drop down, or they might just go to Pac-12 or Big Ten or something. But, yeah, that's my prediction for it. All right. Yeah, like I said, this has had ripple effects. All right, I'm going to make a prediction on this. And I I don't think I'm going to agree with you on all of your picks. All right, so I got Baylor going to the AAC. I don't think that they're going to be going to join one of the four other power conferences. I just don't see room for them in that regard. I got Iowa State and Kansas join Big Ten. Then I got Kansas State join the Mountain West. Then – Obviously, Oklahoma and Texas, they've already moved on to the SEC. That's official. And then I got Oklahoma State. It was tough for me to put where, but I decided to put Pac-12. I think that was the best fit for them. And then I'm going to put TCU. Now, this one's going to be a little controversial, but I'm going to put them in the Pac-12 as well. I could not find a better category to put them in. I was debating between them and Big Ten. I just wasn't sure where to put it. I ultimately decided to put them in Pac-12. 
Their play seems to fit with them the best anyways. And I got Texas Tech dropping out of the Power 4 conference. I got them joining the AAC. They're not really going to be relevant moving forward. And I got West Virginia joining the ACC, which I'm actually pretty hyped up about. I know you probably are hyped up about that too. So, look, what's my, real, what's my main takeaways from this? Well, seven programs will be moving to the other four power conferences, and three programs will no longer be relevant. So, Baylor, Kansas State, and Texas Tech, they're not going to be that relevant anymore. So, uh, so I, I just want to say that at least no one will complain about the lack of competition in Big 12 football, at least. At least th- that's my takeaway from that. Yeah, and it picks up the Pac-12 conference. But I do want to say, I know you said there's not really room for Baylor. Think about this in the basketball side. They just won the national championship. Who's not taking Baylor? No, I don't think any per, any conference should not take Baylor. I think Baylor has to be in a power conference, and I think they will. So, yeah, I th- whether but it's where? I, where? Pac-12. Pac-12, that's where I got them going. Pac-12. Uh, Waco, Texas, heading out west. But, yeah, I mean, and Texas Tech, I know you have them dropping down. I don't hate that. But they're also really good in basketball. West Virginia, top 10 team in basketball. Uh, You know, Texas and Oklahoma, they're really good in basketball. Kansas is going to change Big Ten basketball. Big Ten basketball might have been the best conference in basketball last year. They're Kansas just making that better. But, yeah, I don't really have a problem with Kansas State dropping down at all. Uh, I think Kansas State to the Mountain West is actually a great fit. Yeah, um, see where you're coming from. I mean, I suppose that if they really wanted to include Baylor, I mean, to me, it just comes down to Baylor and TCU. That's what it's, that's what it's going to come down to. Are they going to accept one of the, you know, one of those two programs into the Pac-12? Because they can't take in both. You know, you can't take in everybody. That's just not reality. You know, that's what it is. So to me, it's just, I don't know. It, it could go either way. And yeah, I also want, no problem. No problem with TC joining the Pac-12. I had that as well. I also want to note this as well. You know, remember Matt Rule? He came from Baylor. It looks like he left just at the right time, man. He, yo, he timed that perfectly because now, if he had stayed at Baylor, he would have lost relevancy and nobody would have cared about Matt Rule. Now Matt Rule, he left for the NFL and the chance jump right, man. He, he could not have timed that jump better. That's all I got to say. I, I'm just amazed as ability to to have predicted that Baylor was going to fall down a little bit into irrelevancy because even if they fall down the Pac-12, you know, they're still going to be in worse shape than what they were when they were in the Big 12. Yeah, man. I mean, Matt Rule definitely left at the right time for Baylor, jumped to the NFL. Um, and, you know, Lincoln Riley, he's staying. He's going to He's going to stay. He's going to battle it out in the SEC. Uh, I always was a strong believer that Oklahoma would win a title under Lincoln Riley, but they might be missing their window. This is this year's their window, in my opinion. They have veteran quarterback. They have lots of targets. And, you know, I think we said this before. I kind of said it. I like it for games. I don't really like it from, like, making sense perspective for them. But – so, yeah, Oklahoma, they have to hit their window now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. All right, so what did we really take away from this? Look, guys, Big 12 football, Big 12 basketball, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to associate Big 12 with, it is dead. Instead of the Power 5 conferences, it will be the Power 4 conference. All right, there's just going to be no more Big 12 as far as what I'm concerned, at least on a major level. I mean, there will be teams that scatter somewhere in the – Power four, maybe they can get some other teams to fill into the Big 12, not really relevant teams, while others will move to the lower D1 conferences. I mean, honestly, I just think that we just need to end this topic by saying RIP Big 12. It was a good, it was a good run when it lasted, but it's basically over now. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Big 12 falling apart, it's it's done pretty much. Yeah, for sure. Big 12, RIP, it's over, man. All right, let's move on now. Let's move on now to the NBA. Let's move on back to that. We're going to be talking about Bradley Beal. All right, so there are Bradley Beal trade rumors going on. You know, Bradley Beal, he's got two years, 71, a little more than $71 million left on his contract with a player option in 2023. That's basically the second year of the contract. He is expected to opt out. The Wizards are in purgatory right now. 
However, on the Woj pod, Adrian Wojnarowski stated that Bradley Beal has not told the Wizards that he wanted to be traded. A lot of things are happening around the NBA trade market. Who knows what will happen? In fact, there might even be a chance that two stars who went out, I think Damian Lillard and CJ, uh, not CJ, I meant Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal, who could eventually team up with each other. We will see, though. We will see. With all of that being said, this now leads me to ask this top question. What will happen to Bradley Beal this offseason? I'm excited to hear your take on this. We haven't really talked about this personally too much, but I think Bradley Beal, well, I think one of the Wizards starts gets traded. Russell Westbrook for Bradley Beal. I think Russell Westbrook's just been traded way too much recently, and I think he's probably going to stay in Washington. I think Bradley Beal does get traded. Where that's too, not completely sure. I know Lakers are an option, but they're always an option whenever trade talks come up. But, yeah, I, I want to hear what you think about this. Um, yeah, you know, Bradley Beal, he's been in trade rumors for years and years, man. Like, there's been always a lot going on with Bradley Beal. Nothing's ever materialized. I don't think Bradley Beal will get traded this offseason. Th- because, look, the Wizards, they had a strong finish to the season. They, won- they went 18-7 in their last 25 games. They hustled from the 13th seed in the East to the 8th seed in the East. And you could say that the – Bad start that they had last season was due to COVID-19. I mean, they had to take two weeks of basketball off. They had players on the COVID list. They had a lot going on. So when you yep. look at the Eastern Conference, you know, they got talent. You know, Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, you know, they're good enough to be a playoff contender on its own. Are they a title contender? No, but they're when they're, when everything is fully healthy, they're a top succeeded team in the Eastern Conference. They're going to be tough out to play against. So I don't think Bradley Beal is going to get traded. He's loyal to the Wizards. The Wizards have no real incentive to trade him. If they trade Bradley Beal, they got to trade Russell Westbrook too. Russell Westbrook, he's been traded way too many times in his NBA career. Great player, but he keeps getting traded like he's a bad player on a bad contract. So I just don't see how the Wizards are going to trade them, at least not now. Now, if the Wizards start out bad next year, then yes, I see Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook getting traded. But right now, no, I don't see a trade happening. Yeah, I actually kind of agree with you. I don't think a trade happens right now, but I think when trade deadline comes around next year, Bradley Beal might be the poster boy for for the trade deadline. Uh, and if they're not doing well, they need to make a change. Maybe they're starting to want to tank a little bit. Ship out Bradley Beal, you know? Um, but yeah, I kind of agree with you. Maybe it doesn't happen this offseason, but I think it might happen during the season next year at some point or even could happen this offseason. But what are some potential landing spots if you did get traded, do you think? Well, I came up with the top three. I could run down through many more, but I got to get to the point. All right, so I got the Celtics as being the number one destination. And then I got the Mavericks number two, actually. And then I got the Warriors number three. All right, why do I say that? Because Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal are buddies. They fit in well. If you think about a combination of Tatum, Brown, Beal. That's that's going to be a pretty good big three. And that can match up against somebody like the Nets or even the Bucks. So I like that combination as well. Then then the Wizards could also train to the Mavericks. They're in a different conference as well. That also helps them out as well. You look at the fit between him and Luka. They're going to be a real good one-two scoring punch. They also got the contracts to make that happen. They could take on the KP contract, Chris Taps Porzingis. I like Porzingis still more than a lot of other people do. But... Hey, maybe he's just not the best fit with Luca, or maybe the Wizards, they they could revive his career, maybe. Because on the Wizards, he's going to have the ball in his hands more often because they're probably going to trade Russell Westbrook as well. I think I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors. I mean, obviously a lot could still happen, but the Warriors, they got trade pieces to play with. They got young prospects to play with. They got draft picks. And Bradley Beal could fit in with Steph Curry relatively well you know these are two guys that can score the basketball really well and don't forget about clay thompson too don't forget about him yeah i mean i love the options you presented um clay thompson might be my favorite player in the nba definitely top three favorite player in the nba can't forget about him but i really think i really love the mavericks option you presented uh, i think lucas kind of kind of like a point guard in his own now and having Beal next to him I think that'd be awesome for him. Maybe they attach Kristaps Porzingis. Maybe they find, you know, some other players to throw at him. But, you know, if they want to make this work, they can. They can get Bradley Beal. And honestly, I would love that fit. Luka would get a true star next to him. And like you said, 
Uh, I'm also pretty high on Persingas. I I'm not giving up on him or anything, but maybe like you said, it's the fit, and I think Bradley Beal could be a true star next to um, Luka Doncic. Yeah, everybody's acting like Porzingis is a bad player, man. Like, I mean, he's still a productive player. He's just not a superstar kind of guy. He's still a star in his own right. I mean, to me, the biggest problem is that he just didn't show up against the Clippers in round one. That's a problem. He needs to fix that. But, yeah, like I said, they can string on the KP contract to get Bradley Beal. So, yes, I can definitely see that happening. But, hey, remember this too, though. Bradley Beal hasn't requested a trade yet. So, there's just trade rumors going on per se, but I just don't think anything's going to happen. Not much is going to materialize. Yeah, I agree. I I think it's just a lot of you know Bradley Beal. He's always been the one of the guys who they always throw around in trade rumors. I don't think it happens right now, but I think if a bad start happens with a new coach next year, it might be time to ship him off. I mean, the new coach is solid. Let's not sell Junior. He's a he's a solid coach. Good. Oh, yeah. He's a good like strategist. Sure. I like that guy. It's a good coach. Yeah, but maybe it might not fit with Bradley Beal. Maybe it does. We'll end up seeing. But until then, you know, we'll keep you guys updated. Yeah, so we just don't see how he's going to get traded. You know, it, just because you request a trade doesn't mean that you're going to get traded. And so if you definitely didn't request a trade and you're a star player, they're not going to move you. There's no reason for the Wizards to even move him right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't really see it either. They, they I mean, they made the eight seed. They caught fire last year keep the momentum going into next year. All right. Yeah, I agree with you. Definitely. All right. So that wraps up what we have to say about Bradley Beal. So like I said, I got to say this to end off this episode. So thank you for watching episode six of Combo Sports Talk. I really hope that you guys enjoyed the topics since they were spread out well. We talked about everything that you guys could have imagined. Let us know down in the comment section below on what you guys thought about this podcast that was done. Remember to follow our Instagram. It is at combo.sports.talk. We are still, still working on our Twitter account. Also, feel free to ask us questions whenever and wherever. We will answer them. Next episode, we plan to react to what happened in the NBA draft. As there will be a, a ton to talk about there. It will definitely be the main focus of Combo Sports Talk for the next episode. Sean, excited for the NBA draft now ratings for our own show. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. There's, We'll have, uh, you know, the mock draft will be posted and everything, and we'll have some clips, so go follow it. Um, and, yeah, enjoy interacting with everyone. And, you know, I'm excited for the draft, favorite time of the year. Agreed, man, agreed. You couldn't have said it any better, my partner, my co-host, whatever you want to say. So, yeah, I thought that he said that pretty good. So, Again, thanks for watching this podcast. This has been a great show to produce. I hope you guys feel the same way about that. Like I said, we'll be back here after the NBA draft to break down what happened as well, as well as other breaking news potentially. We know that the NBA draft, a lot of trades are going to happen. That always happens on draft night. As always, there will be new topics to present to you guys. I have nothing else to say now. Peace out.